Apart from his ashes, there's now nothing physical left of my son. There are photos and videos, but they're not physical. They're just stored in some cloud somewhere. And there are memories, but they're not physical. They're just stored in our minds. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm just a normal guy. Well, at least I was, until my son killed himself. Now nothing is normal, and I'm realising that nothing ever was normal, and nothing will ever be normal again. But thank you for joining me on My Argument with Grief. So, Father's Day. Let's be honest, it's just a commercial thing that doesn't have much meaning. It's a 20th century construct that was only brought about because there was already a Mother's Day. And Mother's Day trumps Father's Day, we all know that. They deserve a special day. I wasn't expecting much from this year's Father's Day. I lost my dad three and a half years ago, and I lost a son eight weeks ago. So I went into the day with low expectations. I'm the early riser in my house, so I was up first, sat in the kitchen with my coffee and my dog for company. No breakfast in bed to mark this silly day. I wrote a card for my dad. I still do that every year and leave it next to his picture in the living room. It wasn't a very positive card this year. It has been a pretty crap year so far. I'm glad he hasn't had to go through this. He would have really struggled. He was much like me. He was a good, solid family man who kept his inner turmoils well hidden. He lost his parents at a young age and went to boarding school. Displaying emotions was something he never got the chance to learn. But he was a good dad and I still miss him terribly. My two younger children woke up eventually and gave me a special hug, a hug that is reserved for strange days. They helped my wife make me a nice breakfast. My eldest son and his girlfriend came over and we spent the day in the garden. So I had all three of my children for the day. But I have four children, don't I? I had four. I don't know what to say now when people ask me how many kids I have. Is it four or is it three? To me, it will always be four. To everyone else, I guess it's just three. We were all struggling with the emotions of the day, so it's selfish to assume it was just me, but I was in a selfish mood. I have pictures most years of me with all four of them on Father's Day. I love those pictures and the memories hidden in them. I will never have that again. Unless I can sort myself out, I will always be dreading this day, which just isn't right. I have to find a way to accept some of what has happened. If I don't, my years will become anchored around anniversaries. I'll dread his oncoming birthday, and when that is over, I'll be thinking about the day he died, then Father's Day, then my birthday, then Christmas. It will be an annual destructive cycle. Not much of a life. It's hot today. Too hot for me. I, I, used, to, I used to be fine with the heat. Used to cope with that fairly well. I, I, just, I assume this is just an age thing. Um, I remember old people always used to say, "Oh, it's too hot today," and I used to say to them, "Blimey, you only get two or three days like this a year. Enjoy them." Uh, but actually, yeah, it's too hot. Just waiting for a BBC reporter to arrive and, and interview me in my garden. Um, they want to talk about uh, the papyrus campaign uh, around suicide prevention. 
uh, in young people. And I'm sure we'll touch on uh, other things that we're campaigning for, mental health awareness, neurodiversity acceptance, uh, and get to talk about our fundraising campaign and the podcast, I hope. Uh, Excited and very, very nervous. With the charity work that I'm getting more involved in, I'm reading and listening to loads about how men need to look for help and support and stop trying to be strong and silent. Last week, with Looseheads, we discussed this and I've had some great feedback from people who listened and a few more people who want to sign up for Fat Dads. I'm even preaching this stuff through my Facebook charity platform and yet still I struggle to practice what I preach. So guys, I know how tough it is I know how uncomfortable I'm making you. I know that it feels easier to just say nothing and hope the problem goes away. Or not mention it because of the fuss it will cause. Or for your mates to think you've got a weakness. I know it's just so easy for us to talk about last night's big match, even if you don't really like football. I know you're scared of losing the banter if things get too serious. I go through all of this. I played golf this week with two friends. We had a good laugh. And you would too, if you saw me playing. But I was too afraid to say how I was really feeling, for fear of spoiling the occasion. My wife met up with friends in the park on the next evening. And when she came home, she told me it was lovely to be able to catch up with how everyone is feeling. Girls meet to discuss feelings. Guys meet to avoid facing feelings. We're so different. So I know that my message can't be a simple one of telling men to open up and talk. There is lots of well-meaning advice on the internet trying to tell us that. But it will never be that simple. And when the pubs open up, can you really imagine all the guys opening their hearts over those first few pints? I lost my son because he didn't open up and talk. And he had many opportunities. Men aren't that simple. We need to work on things that provide the listening and the support without trying too much to change what men inherently are. Anonymous phone lines, like Hopeline by Papyrus, and of course the Samaritans, can work. For me, this podcast is working. I'm saying things here that I can't say to your face. Maybe you could try writing an open letter to your friends. Maybe you could find new friends through a group that you could talk to. Maybe you can find people online to talk to. You could just talk to your GP. You may find that very helpful. Maybe you're alright, and you don't need any help or support. I hope so. But then maybe you have a friend who is struggling. Maybe you don't know that. You should try and find out and do something to help. This subject is going to be a focus for me over the coming months and I have some guests lined up who will be able to help us explore this some more. Quite a few friends have said they really enjoyed the last podcast, uh, the one we did with Loose Heads. Just four guys chatting as openly as four guys can manage. Um, I think it was a bit of a catalyst uh, for one or two of them. Uh, So really good. Um, I really feel up about that and we're going to try and do more podcasts of that nature in the future. Back to Father's Day. I cooked on the barbecue. So at least we kept that tradition and everyone tried to talk as pleasantly as they could. We had a nice time. I found it mentally very draining and had to retreat to mind-numbing TV once everyone had gone. I felt quite pleased with myself when I went up to bed. I can get through days like this, I kept telling myself. But then of course you're just lying in bed in the middle of the night and your mind starts going in all the directions you've managed to steer it away from all day. 
thoughts you don't want, images you just don't want to see, guilt, blame, anger. It's the early morning birds that first start to pull you back to where you need to be. Daylight brings relief and some hope. Let me take you back to the surreal nature of my new world. We had been warned that the inquest could take many months to be scheduled in, maybe even next year. Then, last week, the coroners offered us the option of a private, remote inquest. Apparently, our case fits the criteria that is allowed during lockdown. So it's happening today. As I record this podcast, some people I've never met are determining how somebody they never met died. Strangely, I feel sorry for them having to do this. It can't be a pleasant job. I can't see them getting much appreciation for what they have to do. Apart from that, I actually feel a bit numb about it. Maybe avoiding it. I have the answers that he wanted to leave. That will do for me. I tried to say goodbye at his funeral, and I need to try and keep to that. I've said goodbye, son. Let's leave that stuff behind us and try and concentrate on your legacy now. On that subject, the BBC came to interview me in my garden in the midst of this mini heatwave. I hope you'll get the chance to see me on the telly, listen to my message and excuse my sweaty brow. I'm glad that we're now starting to get some clear direction on where we take this legacy, what we want to change, the charities we want to work with, the people we want to work with. Although I've lost a son, I have since gained a lot of new friends who share this vision, people who are passionate about making things better for those with mental health issues and people who can't bear to see just how many young people are taking their lives every single day. There are an average of 18 suicides a day in the UK. 18. Possibly more over the last few months. I'm going to do something about this. Watch me. I wrote a post on my Facebook site this week about an alarming statistic. One in five men die before they're old enough to retire. Obviously that includes all causes of death, but with suicide being the biggest killer of men under 50, that must play a big part in these figures. One in five. Any blokes listening to this, I suspect you can name four friends or colleagues of a similar age to you. One of you won't make it to retirement. So, that was Father's Day. Just another day. But a renewed determination to keep fathers and their sons alive. Inquest today. I'm just trying to make it a normal day. Uh, otherwise, I'll get far too anxious about it. In fact, in this weather and with the changes to lockdown rules, our mind turns to holidays. Um, how casual is that? But inquest today. Let's see. Even though you're forever on my heart, I miss you loving so. Join me next time on My Argument with Grief.